we think we're doing some things slightly different. And um, we think that we're pulling it together as a, as a solution as opposed to just a product. Welcome to the Surface and Panel Podcast, your digital symposium. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Bert Clothier and John Ofterhaar. This episode is sponsored by Uniboard. Uniboard, redefining wood. Welcome to another edition of the Surface and Panel podcast. I'm uh, John Ofterhaar, the founder of Surface and Panel magazine, and currently the uh, assistant coach to Patrick Adams, the president of 526 Media. Uh, current owner of Bedford Falls Communications and Surface and Panel. Uh, pleased to have uh, Bert Clothier with us today. He is the founder and president of Laminate Works in Kansas City. And um, before we get too much into some of the detail that we want to discuss today, I was hoping that maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, your journey to where you are today and where you came from at Laminate Works. So Bert, help us out. Oh, wow. That's a that's a that's a long journey. Um, you know, I think the, it's probably best to start with a consolidated version and let you tell me if you want me to go further back than that. But um, yeah, I I started Laminate Works in um, in 1999, and it was basically to respond to a uh, a, a customer's problem that they came to us, and it was something that. Um, my, I had a furniture company at the time that we didn't do, and they wanted us to stick laminate to particle board and make elevator panels. Um, it sounded interesting. It didn't line up with our furniture company. Short version is I ended up starting a new company uh, called Laminate Works um, to make those elevator panels. Uh, over the last 20-plus years now, we've just continued to um, – look for solutions to different problems and add machinery to be able to do a variety of different things. At one point in time, we had uh, multiple plants, uh, but as the uh, environment and as the problems changed, so did we. And a couple of years ago, we consolidated back, sold one of our plants um, and, and the business that went with that plant, uh, which I guess is a little bit unusual, but uh, we did that. We're, we're back down to one plant and really focusing on uh, growing that facility and growing it with technology and capabilities. That's awesome. You know, in, uh, in our company, we have an operating principle that says, never do anything you'd be afraid to repeat to Mike Wallace. No. For some of the younger people out there, they may not, may not remember who he is, but he was the host of 60 Minutes. And uh, so, uh, you know, with that understanding, I know you've got a set of values that you operate by at Laminate Works. I thought was was very interesting. Could you tell us a little bit about those values? Yeah, the I, I think the, the big thing that surprises everybody is uh, these aren't tough and these standards become really easy for everything. Uh, you know, the first one is to treat others how you want to be treated. And, um, you know, whether we're, we're struggling with our vendor uh, trying to maybe get a raw material in or something, uh, the main thing for us is make sure that um, we're communicating and that we're trying not to do the same thing to everyone else. It also makes the standard easy. If I do it as if I'm going to do it for myself and I know I have a high standard, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, 
that one pretty much informs all the other three. Uh, the other three is um, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Um, extra effort is standard procedure. And um, do what's right even when no one's looking. And those those three core values under the uh, overarching um, treat others how you want to be treated really kind of sets uh, sets who we are as a company, um, and it's kind of put us in a uh, a servant mindset that um, allows us to stay focused on the fact that you know our customers have made promises, and that's why we have to try to keep our promise. Fantastic. See, I'm going to tell you a little story, so bear with me. It's going to lead up to a question here. But uh, but I grew up in the upholstered furniture business um, in a company that had great pride in producing solid hardwood, double-doweled and screwed frame parts in their upholstered furniture. Um, they felt that it was one of the most important points of quality in what they sold. As it turned out, the consumer really didn't care because they couldn't see it. So the perception that the company had was not the reality the consumer had. Ultimately, in the upholster business today, frame parts are made out of plywood, routed on CNC machines, nested, sometimes OSB. Uh, so that's how it's done today. No more doweling and screwing. It's mostly just massive stapling. But anyway, the, the perception was, was out of sync with the reality, what the consumer wanted. So when you fast forward to our business today, the surface and panel industry, uh, the quality of the surfaces, and you and I have talked about this before, the quality of the surfaces are, are so fine, textures, gloss levels uh, are so wonderful. The fidelity, it really creates an opportunity for the consumer to make that quantum leap to purchasing because we believe that the surface quality is the most outwardly identifiable quality of a of a winning product. So with that in mind, tell us a little bit about what you've done at Lamina Works to achieve that kind of uh, uh, superiority. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're talking about what we're doing with our, our new PR laminate line. Um, yeah, the, the challenge that we've seen over the last five to 10 years as the fidelity of the laminates just keep getting better, whether it's the printing capabilities or the press plate improvements, um, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not an unknown thing that we're seeing laminates that are um, very realistic. We're also seeing that they're not all paper products anymore. You know, it used to be that HPL was pretty much the only option. And now we've got acrylics, we've got plastics, we've got polystyrenes. I mean, there's there's so many different materials, aluminums. And so, you know, um, staying up with that. Uh, and meanwhile, the particle board and the MDFs and the plywoods are even changing with carb compliances and, and other things. Um, um, the structural integrity of the board uh, has changed and uh, to the better in some ways in terms of the, uh, the environmental impact. But as a lot of things happen that way, it makes the quality of making all these things come together more difficult today than it once was. And so, um, 
we invested in a, uh, a PUR line um, to, to better combat that. Um, it, it allows us to um, have a, for lack of a better word, a smoother glue line in between whatever we're laminating to whatever we're bonding to. And that, that allows us to have less telegraphing, um, more of the surface shining through than the things under the surface shining through. And uh, what about edges? So, yeah, edges are a similar challenge. Um, you know, the, uh, the traditional edge banding method is using a, uh, a hot melt EVA glue. And, and again, it, um, it worked great for a long time and it still works good. It, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's very, very, very reliable, just like a cold press panel is very, very, very reliable. Uh, the challenge is, uh, you know, as we get better and better at making the edge banding, so look closer and closer to the surface, that that transition point, that edge becomes more and more difficult. And so inner PUR for the edge treatment as well, or even laser on top of that. And uh, uh, we've, we've recently switched to our uh, primary edge banding um, machine that we're using has both uh, PUR and laser uh, as its edge banding uh, met methodology for attaching it, the uh, edge banding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm always curious, what do your customers say or what is their reaction to um, a panel that's bonded with a laser bander, PVC band? Uh, do they, I mean, do they say this is absolutely amazing or how much do they care? I think it's um, it's one of those things where you don't care until you've seen it and you have the ability to do it um, or offer it. You know, I, I think that um, if nobody has the capability of doing it, it becomes one of those cool things. You know, if you think about we were at a long time ago with robots when robots first start coming out to the industry. Um, if you can't apply it, if you can't figure out how you're actually going to use it, it's just one of those cool things that you look at and it's not really practical. And so I think it's um, what we've seen as when we, when we hand a customer a sample of a laser edge banded part and you've, you've married it with something incredibly high fidelity, like a, high gloss acrylic senosan or something of that nature or, or even low gloss an ultramat uh, phoenix product um and you can't you visually can't see unless you like start really like twisting it around where the edge banding stopped and where the uh the laminate stopped uh, that they they literally look like they're fused together um it it's kind of mind-bending you know I, I didn't know that was possible um, and that's usually the response that we, we get, um, you know, and so how much cleaning up did you do? I mean, um, and being able to grab parts that we haven't cleaned up, um, kind of sets that stage. That's fantastic. Yeah. We, we've always felt, you know, with the, the advances in surface materials that the edge was really the last frontier to make, uh, to make panels look perfect. And, uh, and I know you've made some pretty sizable investments to achieve that. So, 
Yeah, and um, I, I think the journey. I think the journey is going to continue on. I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, you know, the big challenge that that I see with edge banding is still that that core material. So as a as the material gets thicker to two mil and three mil, um, getting a core thickness. I mean, a core color uh, that blends uh, is continually the challenge. You know, once you've routed off the 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 decorative film. Uh, now you're you're left with a solid color. So I, I think there's more work to be done um, as we move forward with that. So, so are you currently using like a 1.4 millimeter band? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it is 1.2, but 1.2 and 1.4. Uh, we do a uh, two with with the program with our surface solutions. Uh, we brought in one mil and, and two mil with the one mil. I think actually being 1.2. Um, but we brought in one mil and two mil, um, and the colors that we brought in on that program. And we had to bring them in both for laser and, uh, also for PUR, um, uh, or EV or even EVA so that we can run it on other machines and be able to do things that, um, maybe the straight line laser edge banner can't do today. This episode is sponsored by Uniboard. Uniboard, the North American leader in the design and manufacture of particle board, MDF, and decorative composite wood panels. Uniboard is renowned for having one of the most extensive product portfolios of engineered wood products in North America, ranging from deep embossed and synchronized TFL textures to ultralight MDF. Uniboard's products are sold to retailers, distributors, and finished goods manufacturers, which cater to the kitchen cabinet, furniture, office, home renovation, and construction industries. Uniboard, redefining wood. So you're uh, you're launching four new products into the market. Pretty exciting. Uh, I think crystal velour ply, and your PRL panels. Tell us a little bit about uh, the impetus behind it, and uh, and what it means to the market. Yeah, the the impetus behind it is just taking a look at what do our machines do. One of our core things is we don't want to do things that make us a competitor of our customers. That's always been a core value, and it's been a tough one to kind of navigate. Um, but uh, but we've we we think we're continuing to navigate it. So part of this was how do we bring uh, things that have value to them? What are things that we can do or with our machinery that would bring additional value, just like the machines? And, uh, you know, when, when I made the decision to buy a contour edge bander 15 years ago, it was out of being able to see customers needed an ability to get a better contour edge banded surface, uh, but couldn't justify the expense of a contour edge bander. And, and now we're kind of using the same thing with the laser edge bander, the PUR panels, but we wanted to take it a step further in that um, the raw materials are as big a challenge as they are uh, the technology to use the raw materials. Specifically with uh, the laser edge banding, it, it's not the same as uh, regular edge banding and it's not stocked at the same level. You can't buy just a roll of that color like you can, you know, you can buy one mil in a, just a rainbow of different um, decorative prints from any of the laminate manufacturers. 
And so it's kind of put us in a place where if we really want to bring value, uh, committing to a solution where we bring uh, a surface color and a matching edge banding, that we can bring an incredibly high fidelity product um, to our existing customers. So this is really designed to go to uh, our existing customers and hopefully grow our, our customers as well by giving them more than just a capability to apply the material, but actually uh, to allow them to add a solution to their product mix. So, um, you know, that's where Airply came in, which is an ultralight panel. Um, again, uh, we're, we're using a foam core. We're not the first person or the only person that's used a foam core. I think we think we're doing some things slightly different. And um, we think that we're pulling it together as a, as a solution as opposed to just a product. Uh, same thing. There's a lot of ultra matte laminates out there and high gloss laminates out there. We think that the surface solutions of Volure and Crystal are, are more than just the, the Phoenix and the Cinesan materials that they represent, but it's the marriage of the Rayhow edge bandings uh, that we've brought into stock to match all those. And um, even uh, we've got a few new ones that we haven't, uh, we haven't officially released yet that are uh, right behind that uh, we're able to do with our new PR line. Do you want to elaborate on those? Do you want uh, I don't know if I can. I don't want to get in trouble with uh, with my team. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I will tell you that they're they're allowing us. Um, I brought a, a new guy in uh, last year, uh, David Stetler. He's our vice president of new markets, and his job is literally to um, identify potential other industries that our capabilities could have advantages to uh, products that we could potentially make that are solutions as opposed to products where we're trying to sell and compete with other, uh, our customers. And then even markets that we don't typically service. And uh, as the air ply is going into markets that we haven't serviced in the past, some of the, uh, we call them PRL panels, which is basically, um, kind of a, uh, a a solution similar to a TFL panel where you've got thermofoil, uh, thermofuse laminates. Um, we're, we're identifying a, a panel that's been bonded with polyurethane PUR glue as a PRL panel. So there's certain products that really uh, have been difficult in our industry to bond in the past that bond really well with PUR is allowing us to go into some industries and create solutions that um, uh, at, at the best exist in a, in a tough way. Um, so we're going to be bonding things outside of the HPL, and even the Sinosan with the acrylic is already doing that. Fantastic. Uh, I had a question. When you, you, you had mentioned to me once before that when you bought a contour edge bander, you weren't sure if you're going to be able to fill up the, you know, the, the time on the machine. And, and it's turned out to be great. And you've bought more. Um, are you finding that with the, uh, the new Velour product and Crystal, that when your customers and prospects see it, their imaginations run wild and they come up with ideas on how to use these panels where they may not have, may not have thought about that before? Yeah, I'm definitely seeing that. Um, I mean, uh, timing with uh, 
releasing a product at the same time as you're releasing COVID or COVID's going on. Uh, Laminate Works didn't release COVID, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it timing is not great. Um, but the uh, the response has been beyond what we thought it was going to be. And that's exactly what's happening is people are designers going back and um, um, coming up with ways uh, to do some things that they weren't able to do before. Uh, and the other thing that's kind of fun that we weren't expecting is designers, you know, we show something with AirPly, we show something with, say, Sinosan, um, and now we have a customer saying, well, what would it look like to marry those two things together in ways that you hadn't planned on marrying them together and uh, maybe make an airply panel that was a Sinosan airply panel or, or Phoenix or any other product. So it's got us experimenting in a lot of different ways. And that's really what David does all day long is um, his job is to listen to those. We've kind of got a three team approach with uh, Travis as our uh, marketing VP and Greg as our VP of sales and then uh, David, that those guys, I mean, typically when they're meeting with uh, customers about any of these new products, all three of them are working in tandem together. And I guess uh, three of them, I don't know, what's a triple together? I don't know. Uh, But (laughs) they're working. A triumvirate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're working together. And, um, and it's, it's been fun because, uh, Sales is linked to new markets that's uh, lead to messaging, and um, our messaging is is changing as our customers are telling us how they're responding to what we're doing in real time. So I know you serve a lot of markets, and um, is there uh, a handful of markets that seem to have the most promise, particularly in these trying times with COVID? Wow. Um, they all appear pretty promising right now. Um, um, I think that that's, that's, what's fun. I, I think it's easier to look at the ones that are maybe, uh, have some fresh challenges. Uh, but the, the challenges just bring more opportunities. You know, I think, uh, anybody in the store fixture industry is, is challenged with how do you respond to, uh, people, from the COVID standpoint, not coming um, into the retail stores because they're not open to even before COVID. And um, how do you give people a reason to come in in the first place? You know, the movie theaters um, and even the sporting teams have been dealing with that as high definition TV became so important. And, you know, you can have this incredible setting at your own home to watch a football game or a basketball game. Why go to the stadium? And so they've got to make the customer experience incredible. And uh, the movie theaters, the same way, they've, it's really required the movie theaters to come to a whole different level. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen with, um, with retail and uh, with the store fixture manufacturers. And, and again, I think some of the things that we're working on are going to help with that because um, retail is not going to die. People like to touch things. Um, people like to experience things. Um, I, I, I just think, I think the industry is going to evolve, not go away. That's excellent. Uh, I've been wondering about this, you know, with, uh, uh, with our president talking more about moving supply chains back to the United States, 
have you seen with any of your customers or prospects the request for uh, more, you know, a closer partnership because they may be uh, stopping their supply chain coming out of China or the Far East? Yeah, we've seen that a few times. Um, you know, one of the advantages of what we do and the fact that our, you know, laying up sheet material uh, just in time, um, we don't compete a whole lot with um, with China on, on, on the norm. But some of our larger manufacturers that we do business with, you know, they have a percentage of their business in China and or, you know, China kind of is a pretty overarching word, but um, outsourced. And, you know, we definitely see that um, as they are getting some pressure. So they're re they're relooking at some things they hadn't looked at and we're getting opportunities that we we weren't getting before. Um, again, it's, um, it's just the more opportunities you get to uh, create solutions, uh, the better as far as I'm concerned. So are you finding, when you go back to uh, Crystal and Velour, uh, the durability and the cleanability of these products, are you finding they're perfect for healthcare environments? Yeah, that was something that, again, I, I wish we could say that uh, that was on our radar and we were we were touting that when we introduced the product. And, you know, I've uh, I will say that we knew that the Phoenix product that we picked for our uh, a velour uh, solution, uh, we knew that it had some interesting um, uh, bacteria um, fighting um, traits. It's it's a little misleading. Um, I, I don't think there's any material that kills the bacteria. Uh, so you, you have to be real careful how you explain what it's what what's unique about the product is. It's not killing bacteria. If bacteria falls on it, if the COVID virus fell on it, it wouldn't kill it. But it can't grow on it. And I think that's the key thing is it can't grow on it. And you marry that with laser edge banding that um, doesn't have a, uh, a glue joint, uh, the same type of a glue joint where more bacteria, you know, the, the thicker the glue joint, the more opportunity for bacteria to get in there. So, you know, the net net on that is these surfaces have an incredible high chemical resistance in terms of cleaning them with really robust cleaners. And they, um, they don't allow viruses to grow on them. Um, that makes them very, very good for healthcare. Fantastic. So when you look down the road, you know, my assumption is that by August, September, I think the country would be somewhat back to normal. Hopefully we don't have a recurrence of this, uh, this virus reemerging in the fall. But as you look out, uh, what's your prediction for business and, uh, and, uh, how do you see it? Wow. Um, well, the big caveat is I don't have a clue. Uh, but I can tell you how we're working and how we're moving forward, uh, with the best information we can. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is going to be an enormous, uh, speed bump shutting the country down for a couple months. But um, I believe it was a necessary necessary speed bump as well, though. So 
you know, I, I don't have a clue. I, I know how hard it's been uh, making decisions for my laminate works employees. And, you know, as a company that was able to stay open uh, as an essential business, but to navigate all that and how do you stay open and make sure you keep people safe and how do you respond to all the different fears and problems that come along with that? I can't imagine being a, a mayor or a governor or, you know, even president Trump. I just, uh, there's a lot of rocks being thrown and, uh, they're not getting thrown from me because I, I don't know how they do it. But with that, I would tell you that, um, we're expecting at least in the, uh, the near term, uh, a, a bounce back in, in, in at least the customers that we serve, um, Will there be another uh, setback uh, this fall? Um, you know, I think it's likely that there will be. Uh, will we respond differently? I'm, I'm hopeful that we will learn something from this res- the last time and we'll respond better. Um, how long will this affect us? You know, again, I don't know. You know, what we're seeing in so many different industries is we've got some of our industries that are virtually non-affected by this at this point and some that screech to a complete halt at this point. Um, we're hopeful that some of them are going to come back quicker than others, uh, even though we'd like them all to come back at the same pace. Um, we've been taking full advantage of this slower time to dial things in and, and you know, continue to get things put away with the transition that we've made over the last year. So we're not, we're using the time well, but uh, I know I'm giving you a long rambling answer. Uh, I'm just telling you how we're responding because um, there is a lot of unknowns in where we're going over the next, I would say the next 24 months. But, you know, I, I like, uh, Warren Buffett's, uh, comment when he said, don't bet against America. So, uh, exactly. So we'll get through this thing one way or another. Yeah. Bert, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, fantastic. Oh, and, thank uh, you. I, I had a great time. Thank you. Be safe out there. Thank you. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This podcast was created by Surface and Panel, uniting materials, technology, and design. See you again soon.